busy and busy. The compassion ministry is something that they've been doing. They've been going out onto the streets, um, feeding uh, the homeless. That's up our alley. We, be, we started street ministry in Alexandria. And wonderful, you've heard me say this before, that we had baptized more than a thousand people, more than a thousand people on the streets. Everyone has a name. Everyone has a contact information. And it all began with the streets. So when, when I saw what they were doing, they were feeding the homeless. And that was amazing. So, so what I did was I said, hey, listen, your feeding is great. Why don't we add in other components? Why don't we start cutting hair? So we got uh, Manny uh, who, who desires to be used in cutting hair. I said, listen, before you open your business as a barber, why don't you start using your talents out in, in Columbus uh, downtown when we go out? He said, yeah, sure. We got him the clippers. We got him whatever he needed. And uh, he started cutting hair. And then I said, hey, listen. Wonderful that you're, uh, that you're feeding people. Wonderful that you're cutting hair. But why don't we bring them into the gospel message? Why don't we experience the death and the battle and the resurrection downtown? And they were interested. We got a baptistry ready and we started going. The last three Saturdays, the last three Saturdays, uh, minus yesterday, the last three Saturdays, we've had a team of people getting the baptistry on a trailer, going out downtown. And we've been baptizing people into the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Downtown. Among them is Stephen. That's Christina. Oh, by the way, some familiar faces. Shelby and, uh, and Molly and Briley uh, and Melanie and the whole family came to visit us. And they got to connect with Christina. And Christina, uh, well... Christina was very touched with this precious family, the Shelby family. Thank you, Pastor, for sending them to us in, uh, in, in Turnpoint because they were such a blessing. Listen to what happened, all right? Uh, 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 Charity, can you play the video on, uh, on, um, on um, Christina? Yeah. And, uh, and uh, uh, Briley and Molly, the ones that you were connected with last yes. week, uh, they send their regards. They got you a Bible. Awesome. Awesome. That's so beautiful that you got her a Bible. She was in tears. So that's amazing. And there's a little, little note from Molly. That's awesome. She came in that Saturday evening and saying, you could not have given me better news today. Thank you. Thank you, Charity. She came in. As soon as she came in, she asked me these words. She said, tell me a little bit more about baptism in Jesus' name. So I was ready. I had my Bible with me. Sure, Charity, uh, Christina. So I took out my, my, my Bible and she was laughing away. I said, why are you laughing? He said, I don't need to know that anymore. You already shared that with me last week. I've come here to get baptized today. So I was like, wow, what an amazing, immediately we made an announcement, and next thing we know, she's going into the waters in Jesus' name. It's so, it's so exciting, it's so exciting. We've already baptized four, I'm sure there's going to be hundreds that's going to come out from that ministry. Ever since we've been there, we started off the multicultural ministry, my wife will be teaching um, uh, 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 ESL uh, 
certification. So people are going to get certified for their English programs. We're churning out teachers. Uh, we started off the first English class last Sunday where it's open to the public. So, so all those uh, different ethnicities that are in, in Ohio can come in and we will teach them English for free. But really, we're doing all of this because we want to bless them. We want to help them. But more than anything else, we want to bring the gospel of truth into their lives. So whatever we do, whatever we do, whether we feed, whether we provide goodness and, and, and whatever benevolence, make sure that we are also uh, weaving in the gospel of Jesus Christ into all that we do. And of course, there are a few other videos. If you don't mind, uh, uh, go ahead. If you don't mind, just play Avery's video in the, in, in the next set, Folks, if you don't mind. this is the team that is out. Oh, yeah. That's the team of people that goes out with us. Great news, next Saturday. So in the evening, we'll be going out downtown in the daytime at 10 o'clock on the second and fourth Saturday of the month. There's going to be a team of people meeting me in the church and then we're going to go into the Grove Park area closer to the church. Downtown is about 18 minutes away. Grove Park area is within the vicinity of the church and we're going to be knocking on doors, baptistry with us. We're going to be cooking hamburgers and hot dogs, giving it out to people. Again, the reason we do that, not just to feed people, but we're bringing the gospel into their lives. I already see what's going to happen. I already told them, this is what's going to happen. Once you do this, next thing you know, people want to come to church. And when they want to come to church, your children, then their parents. And if they want to come to church, what do we do? We need to provide transport. That's the birth of the bus routes in the Turnpoint Church. And that will happen. It's just one thing that would lead to another. We've seen it happen in so many places. And I'm excited to see it. Guys, I cannot hold back. I'm just excited. I'm excited that the Lord is doing this. I'm so excited. It's amazing. And I, I, know, I know that you do this here. I know John and, uh, and uh, Diane and, 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 and the others actually prepare food on Saturdays. You can be a part of this great ministry that has been going on here in Tennessee as well. Connect with John Baker and he'll be able to let you know what all that's been going on. And if there are any other pictures, um, if there is a video on Avery, this is one of my Bible study students. As soon as we got in, this is Avery, a young 17-year-old girl who comes to my Bible study on Tuesday nights. And, uh, and uh, this was two Sundays ago when God refilled her with the Holy Ghost and she was so full. As soon as, she, she, as the service ended and she was going back, I texted her and said, Avery! You were so full of the Holy Ghost and her words were, I feel so wonderful. Those were her words. And that's the power of the Holy Ghost. A 17 year old that is hungry for the things of God. I tell you what, this surpasses ages. It surpasses whatever age that you are. The Holy Ghost is for the young. The Holy Ghost is for the old if you consider yourself old. You can leave this building full of the Holy Ghost today. I've got great news for you. At 9.40, there were a bunch of people, um, altar workers and leaders that met us in your hospitality room this morning. And we began to pray. And we can pray saying that God is going to work a wonderful work in the next few minutes of this service. And these altar workers are equipped. They're going to lay hands on you and they're going to pray. You know what's going to happen? If you have not been filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. Or if you've had a Holy Ghost leak, it's time for you to be refilled again. 
Hallelujah. 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 Is there any other things that we have uh, uh, other than that video? Do we have anything else? We're good? All right. So, so just to let you know what all has been going on. We've been busy, uh, but, but there's just so much of work to be done. I keep saying this to everyone. We do not have much time in our hands. Last Sunday, while a message was being preached, the Lord gave me these words. And it, it, it's interesting how God just feeds us. And that just sank into my heart. And immediately I knew that I was to prepare a message. And this is the message that I want to preach to you today. All right? Fe- feasting is in, in, in the famine. Feasting in the famine. And I'll tell you, regardless of what the famine could be, whatever your personal famine could be, whatever a, a, the Lexington City a township could be going through, I will tell you one thing. There is one greater than the famine. I do not know what the doctors have told you, but one thing I do know, whatever diseases that you may have been called on you, I know of one name that is greater than those diseases. We can feast even in the midst of a famine, not that, that you are in a famine, but whatever that you may be going through. The Lord gave me this message specifically for you that you can begin to start feasting or rather you can start preparing to feast. And it blows our minds. You think about Noah. And Noah, when you started building the ark, the Bible says that you built it out of fear. When the Lord spoke to you, you started building when, when there was no rain. No one knew the concept of rain. And yet you started building the ark. They mocked you. Yes, they made fun of you. But you knew what you had to do. You had a mandate. FBC Lexington, you have a mandate. You have a mandate. You've got to save the loss in whatever you do. You've got to save the loss. And that's what happened. There was an opportunity for a whole community and society to find their salvation in the time of Noah. But the Bible tells me in 1 Peter chapter 3, there were only eight of them that got into the ark. He was a preacher of righteousness. He prepared. He prepared simply because the Lord told him to prepare. So the Lord gave me this message and I want to speak to you from the prison. You don't have to stay there. In the pit, you don't have to stay there because God can instantaneously take you out from the, from the pit that you may be in and bring you into the palace. But it doesn't happen just like that. It happens with preparation. In the story of Joseph, you'll find that Joseph, from the time he was a child, he was a dreamer. He dreamed dreams. And then when he began to share his dreams, somewhere along the way when he presented his dreams, his dreams did not come out the way that he intended. His heart may have been right, but somewhere along the way in his presentations, his brothers got so envious, so angry with him, not once, not twice, many times, that they took him and they threw him into a pit. They lied. They lied to their father saying that an animal came and ate him up. And this young Joseph was kept in a pit to die. But you know what? God had a plan. And the plan was years to come. And there are many instances when God begins to do things, you will not see it immediately. But it's still preparation. 
Why? Because when the time comes, immediately, speedily. And do you know that in the story that I'm going to share with you, Joseph was in the dungeon, as the Bible calls it. He was in the deepest, most parts of the prison in the, in the morning when he woke up. But by the evening, he was he was given such great accolades and he was put in the palace as the second man, the second highest position in Egypt. In the morning, in the dungeon, by the evening, he's already in the highest or in the second highest position. So when God begins to do it, he does a speedy work. But the time of preparation takes a bit. Moses, before I call you to become a deliverer, I've got to take you up to the mountain. I've got to put you in the palace for a good 40 years and I'm going to take you out and I'm going to put you into a mountain and you're going to take care of someone else's sheep. If you understand shepherding, there's no way you can call yourself a shepherd if you're taking care of someone else's sheep. But that was the role that God had prepared for Moses. 40 years up on the mountain, a man that was so qualified and yet he was taken up on a mountain on his own. And for 40 years, it seems like as if he lost his identity. But in reality, God was giving him a new identity. The identity of one that's known as the deliverer. You see, in order for you to bring the children of Israel out from the place of slavery of Egypt, I cannot use you the way you are. I've got to use you the way I want to, you, to use you. You may have your qualification, but I'm not going to use your qualifications alone. Your qualifications is just merely a stepping stone to the spiritual. If you would just open yourself up, Moses... Joseph, I am going to use you in ways that you will never have had fathom. Why? Because I am God. I have a plan. So listen to this, right? He's now from the pit. He's taken out. Years go by. He keeps interpreting dreams. And then now he's again in Potiphar's house. He's thrown into the prison for a false accusation. And now he's in prison. You'll read this in Genesis chapter 40 where there were two men from the palace of Pharaoh that had done wrong and they were thrown into the same dungeon where, where Joseph was. One was called a baker and one was called a butler. So these guys have dreams and then they begin to talk about the dreams in the dungeon. And of course, you have the, the dreamer, the interpreter of dreams in there and Joseph begins to explain their dreams. And he begins to tell, oh, Baker, looking at your dream, chances are you are going to be gone in three days. You're going to be dead in three days. The butler begins to share his dream. And he says, oh, you know what, butler? Your dream, it seems like as if you're going to be going back into the palace. And you're going to be promoted. Wow. And true enough, both of them come out from the prison a, a, a short while after that interpretation. And through the words of Joseph, the baker dies and the butler is promoted. One of the things that Joseph told the butler was, do not forget me. I'm thrown into this dungeon on a false accusation. But do not forget me when you go to the palace. 
But you know what? Many people forget a lot of things. And uh, we make a lot of promises. But then when the time comes, we completely forget our promises. I will be one that will lift up my hands and tell you that I'm, I, I have been those, those kinds where I would tell someone I would do it. And then time would go by and I'd forget about it. The story tells me that the butler now in Genesis chapter 41, the butler now is before the king. Listen to this. The whole chapter, and you could read this from, from verses 14 of Genesis 41. You'll have it on the screens. Then Pharaoh, Pharaoh had a dream from verses 1. He had a dream and uh, the dream, he couldn't explain it. He went to the magicians. The magicians couldn't explain it. But then, listen to what happens, all right? Verses 14, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Why? Because the butler went to the Pharaoh and said, Oh, Pharaoh, two years ago, there was a man that interpreted my dreams and he was accurate. And your magicians can't explain your dream. I'm sure he will be able to help you. And this is what in verses 14, Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they brought him hastily Quickly, speedily, he was in the dungeon, out of the dungeon, and he shaved himself, changed his raiment, and came to Pharaoh. I'm reminded in Luke 18 of a woman before an unjust judge, and Jesus gives this parable. And she goes to this judge, and she says, judge, I need you to stand in the gap for me. And the judge, who was considered unjust, did not even spend any time with this widow. But she kept on going to him, kept on trusting, kept on believing on a promise. And you know what happened? The Bible says in, in Luke chapter 18, And shall not God avenge his own elect which cry day and night unto him? Though he bear long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. And that is exactly what happened to Joseph in the dungeon. Two over years. Probably when you looked at his face, he didn't look the same as the young Joseph that was thrown into the dungeon. He's now grown older, calluses on his face, but much more wiser. Waking up in the morning, in the prison, in the pit. And the next thing you know, the, by the day ends, you are put in, a, in, a, in an unimaginable position. You are ready for this. Why? Because God is in has been preparing you. He's preparing you. When you came into the kingdom of God, I'll tell you there is a reason why He brought you into the kingdom of God. Because you are going to prepare. Not only the city of Lexington, I'll tell you Tennessee has, has so much to gain from what God is about to do in you and through you. How many of you believe this? I believe it with my heart. If not, God would not have given this to me last Sunday. So what was the dream? What was the dream? Pharaoh's dream in verses 15 of Genesis 41. And Pharaoh said unto J Joseph, I have dreamed a dream and there is none that can interpret it. And I've heard say of thee, I've had people talk about you. You have a reputation. That thou canst understand dreams to interpret it. And Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, It is not me. God 
shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, in my dream, behold, I stood before the bank of a river. And to keep this short, you can go back and read. He had two dreams, one after the other. He saw seven cows, lean cows. In the old English, it was called kine. He saw seven kine, K-I-N-E. Saw seven cows. And it was amazing because the cows he saw were thin and lean. And it was like as if, in fact, the words are, he had never seen such, such badly looking cows. And then in that dream, there were seven other fat calves, cows that began to walk towards the kind. And these lean cows began to eat up the fat cows. I've never heard of cows eating cows. But in that dream, the lean cows ate up the fat cows. The amazing thing was, the lean cows, even after consuming the fat cows, looked still shaggy, lean. It, you know what? I have one meal and you will know I have eaten a meal. I look twice the size already. Here, if lean cows were eating and swallowing up a whole cow, by right, they should be looking twice the size, three times the size. But no, they were looking as haggard as ever. He couldn't explain it. Then immediately the next dream came on. And the next dream was there were seven uh, uh, there was a stock of corn and in it there were seven heads that came out from the corn. The first ones, lean, badly looking. And then there was another stock of corns with seven heads and these were voluptuous, rich stocks of corn. And in the dream, he dreamt that the lean began to swallow up the voluptuous fat um, a corns. He woke up from that dream. And when he woke up that dream, he was trying to figure out what? I've never had a dream like this. In verses 24, he begins to say, and, uh, and the, the years, the thin years or the corns devout the seven good years. And I told this unto the magicians. He's talking to Joseph. I told this unto the magicians, but there was none that could declare it to me. Listen to the giftings of what God used. Joseph had this ability to interpret dreams. He's, before he could even go before a king to interpret the dream, he had to be in the pit first. He had to come out from the pit. He had to go into prisons and begin to explain dreams to people in places that people never knew. And when he was faithful to his call where he was, God took his faithfulness and brought him instantaneously to the palace. I see that the church is about to move and shake nations, the church, because we are ready for this. You know what? We can talk about COVID till the cows come home. No pun intended, but we can talk about it. But I'll tell you what, COVID is just something that's come and it's going. There is something greater that God's preparing the church, even in the midst of COVID. Come on. I'm excited, Pastor, that Brother Bernard has called for a fast of three days from the 24th onwards. I'm so glad. Because there's an opportunity for you as a church to begin to get the mind of God. 
this is the time of preparation. So Joseph began to explain to the king. And he says, this is what God has showed you, Pharaoh, on the things that you need to do. And he begins to explain the seven lean and the seven rich. All of these are going to happen. It's going to happen because... It, it, it surmounts to years of time and there's going to be seven years of plenty and you are going to, you're going to do so well. But after the seven years, there's going to come a bad famine. A famine that like you have never seen before. In fact, the Bible uses the word a grievous famine. So this is what you would need to do, O king. You would need to get one man. One man who's discreet. One man who's full of wisdom. And how do I know all of this? I'm just reading it from, from uh, Genesis chapter 41. And he begins to tell him what he needs to do. From verses 32. And for the dream was doubled unto Pharaoh's twice. The, the cow, the, the corn. It is because the thing that is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass. It's going to happen. Now therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man who's discreet and wise. Set him over the land. Let him appoint officers. This is what a guy who was in the dungeon is now in the palace telling the king that time, the emperor of that time, on what he needs to do. Get this guy into the scene. And once you get him into the scene, he is going to appoint officers. Allow him to do that. And he is in the seven plenteous year. Allow him to take 20% of all of that you make in, your, in, in, in the seven years of plenty. Take it and store the, the barn, store the house so that the food will remain. And so this is, this is Joseph just explaining to the Pharaoh what all that needs to be done. Keep the fifth part of all of the produce and put it into the barn. And make sure, keep food in the cities that the food shall be for store. Verses 36. And he tells him exactly what to do. The king is, is mesmerized. He's like, wow, I've never heard of such great wisdom, such great counsel. And it's coming from a guy that nobody knew. Listen to the words of the king. 38, and Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this? The one that you're talking about, a man in whom the spirit of God is. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed thee all of this, there is none so discreet as wise as thou, Joseph. You are going to be over my house, Joseph. Wow, you're going to be a ruler in my city. Only the throne will I be greater than you. But otherwise, you're the second man. You're the go-to guy from here on. See, I have set thee over all of the land of Egypt. Verses 41, 42. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand. Put it on Joseph's hand. Arrayed him with vestures of fine linen. Put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride the second chariot which he had. And the people, and he made the people cry before him. Bow the knee when Joseph comes. You bow before him. Wow. Made him ruler over all of the land of Egypt. And no man is going to say anything against you. They will not lift a hand or lift a foot against you, Joseph. And I'm thinking, this is my day, man. If I was Joseph, I've been waiting for this day. 
I will be able to do exactly what God wants done. And you know what this 30-year-old young man begins to do? In verses 46, he was 30 years old. He went throughout all of the land of Egypt. One of the first things, as he was appointed, he was promoted. He went all over the land of Egypt, preparing for the seven-year famine in the seven-year of plenteous times. Folks, it's time for us to prepare. It's time for us to prepare first ourselves, and then our families, we got to prepare our churches. We got to prepare, why? Because we're about to experience an abundance. But with the abundance, get ready because there's going to come some greater events. And it's not only happening here in the States, it's happening all over the world. It has already been prophesied in the Bible of Matthew chapter 24 and Luke 21 that, that we are living in the last days. Be prepared. There are people who are going to be walking into your church building. And when they walk into your church building, you've got to be people ready. Your baptistry is going to be so busy baptizing people. You've got to be ready. You've got to be ready. You've got to train. You've got to equip. Because that's exactly what Joseph did. He went all over preparing the cities for the time of the famine that was about to come. Prepare. And it did happen, all right? The dream and that interpretation happens. 54, and the seven years of famine, dearth began to come. According as Joseph had said, and the famine was in all of the lands. But in all of the land of Egypt, there was bread. The land of Egypt was famished. The people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said unto all of the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. When he says to you, Do. And the famine was over all of the face of the earth. Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine vax saw in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn. Oh, wow. When everything seemed wrong, there was a hub, a place where people could see the light shining bright. FPC Lexington. I thank God for your beautiful new building. Oh, by the way, Vani, if you remember, long before the carpet and all came on, we signed somewhere along here. Pastor, am I right? We signed somewhere along here. And one of my words was, FBC, you rock. Get ready. Get ready. It's coming. It's time for preparation. But folks, you cannot be prepared intellectually alone. You've got to be prepared in the Holy Ghost. You've got to be full of the Spirit of God. Christian disciplines are crucial in this time. Prayer, fasting, word. You've got to get into it like never before. And if you're a visitor here, this church is amazing. Tuesday mornings, they do Bible study. Wednesday mornings, they do Bible study. Thursday mornings, they do Bible study. Tuesday night, Bible study. Tuesday, in another section of, this, of, of, the, of, the, of the city, there's a ladies' Bible study going on. 
We've got no reason why we are not equipping ourselves. FBC is preparing you for more. So in all that is about to happen, the two words that the Lord gave me, be encouraged. Why? Because the Lord has great plans ahead. I've got it all in my notes. I've highlighted it. Be encouraged. The Lord has great plans ahead. But right now, when you look at it, it may seem so blurry. It might seem as if it's so far off from what I'm saying. I see the silver lining in that cloud. I'm seeing it. Deuteronomy 31 verses 8. And the Lord, He is that does go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee. Neither forsake thee. He will, you do not have to fear. Do not be dismayed. Deuteronomy 130. The Lord your God, which goes before you, He shall fight for you. Come on, folks. Time for you to start running around. It's time for you to get excited. Why? Because the word of the Lord is saying, you are not on your own. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what? Can, someone, pastor, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you read Isaiah 58 verses 8 for me? Isaiah 58 verses 8. And listen to this. Listen to this, right? And, and pastor, as soon as you read that, read Isaiah 30. I'll help you. I'll help you. I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't prepare you for this. Isaiah 58 verses 8. Listen to this, right? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Isaiah 58, you got that 58 yes. already, wonderful, sir. verse 8, verses 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, yeah. and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, the glory of the Lord shall be thy reward. Yeah. Stay here with me, Pastor, you make me look good, stay here for a little while. He's going to be your rare reward. The rare, word, the rare reward word comes from the word, the rare God. And if you understand military concepts, you have war that happens in the front, but then you need to have a strategy just in case if the attacks come from the back. And that's where you have your rare gods preparing for the attack from behind. And the word of the Lord tells us in Isaiah 58, 8, that the Lord is going to be your rare God. Help me, Isaiah 30, verses 21. Just before you read it, Isaiah 52, verses 12, on your screen, all right? Listen to this. For you shall not go out with haste. Do not get too anxious and get excited. Do not become. For the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rare reward. He's going to be the one protecting you, not from the front alone, but when people and, 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 and places and situations where you don't even see it, God's got it. Pastor, Isaiah 30, 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, Ooh, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. Yeah. That is a voice that's going to direct your path. A voice that's going to guide you from behind. This is the way to go. When everyone is telling you to do this and do that, this voice is going to tell you, 
This is the way to go. Whether you go to the right or to the left, follow my path. Thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what? There's something called the treasure of darkness that the Lord wants to give FPC Lexington. Isaiah 45 verses 2 and 3. I will go before thee. In all that I'm reading, you will hear those words. I'm going before you. I've got you covered. I've got you covered. And make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass. So if you've been coming against gates of brass, get ready because the Lord is about to vanquish it. Cut it in sunder, the bars of iron. It seems like as if for a little while you've been battling some things, but it is going to come down. Verses 3, and I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. But now thus says the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. FBC, you belong to the Lord. And I'm not talking about the, the building right now. It's a beautiful building. I'm talking about the people inside of this building. You belong to the Lord. He says that he has redeemed thee. He has formed thee. He has created thee. Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And when through the rivers... They shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. So what do we need to do? Hebrews 11.6 says, Do not waver in your faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So number one, first thing you've got to do is wake yourself up. Slap yourself silly. Increase your faith. Do not look about you. And yeah, I understand that the great state of Tennessee has gone through quite a bit. But I see this wonderful cloud. I see the light behind this cloud. And it's pretty bright for you. Do not be discouraged. Keep your faith up. Because without faith, it is impossible to please Him. The Bible says that he who comes to God, must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And listen to this in verse 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. So this is what I'm saying right now. Increase your faith. Start preparing yourself and your family because what God is about to do, He's going to be so powerful. One thing Noah did was he condemned the world. He was very verbal in his belief. He condemned the world because the Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. He, he said it as it was. He spoke the truth with love, in love. He condemned the world 
and became an heir of righteousness. So if you've been standing on a fence, don't stand on a fence anymore. You've been sitting there. For a little while you were looking as to where you should go. You don't have to look anymore. Make a decision that you and your house, you have decided to follow after the Lord. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11. The words are, do not be lulled to sleep. We do not have the time. Proverbs 20 verses 4. It's time for you to work. Proverbs 20, 12 and 13. And you can go back and, 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 and watch all of this and get all of these scriptures again. Proverbs 20 verses 12 and 13. The hearing ear, the seeing eye. It is the Lord that has made them both. Open your eyes. It's Romans eleven thirteen that tells you it's high time to wake up. For a little while, it seemed as if we were in a slumber. For a little while, it seemed we were in a slumber. But we're not in a slumber anymore. Knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast of the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly, not in rioting, not in drunkenness, not in chambering. The word chambering means in lustful acts, not in wantonness, not in strife or envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus and make no provision for the flesh. It's time. Why? Because we're already seeing some things that the Lord has prepared the church. This is our greatest hour. While the world seems to be perishing, while the world seems to be complaining about everything that's happening inside of us, the Holy Ghost is bubbling saying, I've been telling you this for the last 2,000 years. All of these are about to happen. But you, don't be dismayed. I have not forsaken you. I haven't forsaken you. Because now you can shine. Oh, Joseph, pit, prison. Oh, Joseph, you may have even questioned yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Am I, in my, is my belief system the right belief system? And just within a day, God just confirmed all of your questions and queries. So folks, Luke 21 verses 36. Watch ye therefore. Pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all of the things that shall come to pass. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men. The word quit is an old English word. That means be strong. Acquit yourself. Conduct yourself the way you should. Be strong. Be on guard. Stand in the faith. Be courageous. Be watchful. Act like men. Be on the alert. And what are we talking about? Not in the natural. In the spiritual. So that we'll be able to pick up what all that's going on. We're going to be like the children of Ishaka in the last days when God is going to wake and use 200 men in the last days. In the time of David. And prepare David to become the king. And they would tell him the way that he should go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. The word workmanship means you are a masterpiece. 
like a painter preparing. And his mind, he's got something already ready for you. And the canvas is just showing it piece by piece. Psalms 23, you can quote this. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to be in want. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He's leadeth me beside still waters. He's the one who's leading me. He restores my soul. He leads me into the paths of righteousness. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. For why? I know, I know thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David, you knew what you were saying. So understand this. The Lord was saying this to me and I put it down in my notes. Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. I ordained thee. Bishop, some, some 50 odd years, 47, 48 years ago, when you came, you came here to start a work simply because you felt a call from God. Now you've got a great man leading the church. And, and, and all of the pastors that are in, being, being in, in sync and in line because God is preparing this church for a lot more. I thank God for your involvement with Second Harvest and the community being fed with groceries and with everything that you do. All of this is just merely a speck of what God wants to do. You're being prepared. You moved into this building. Why? Because there's going to be more that's going to come to you so that you will be able to do more for the work of God. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, the Lord says in Jeremiah 29 verses 11. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. When you shall call upon me and you shall go and pray with me and I will hearken unto you. You shall seek me and you're going to find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. I will be found of you. If you are backsliding, quit your backsliding. If you are slowing down in your walk, quit your slowing down because the Lord is already preparing the church for more. Can I ask you to stand to your feet? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Altar workers, I want you to be ready, right? I want you to be ready. This is what the Lord wants us to do. Number one, in preparation, preparation for re in repentance. Where, where you are right now, I want you to begin to call out to the Lord. Go ahead. If you feel comfortable, lift up your hands to the Lord. If you've been battling stuff, the Lord is saying, I am ready to show off in you. Because I have not left you. I never forsook you. I never forsook you. So come on, all over this building, go ahead, lift up your hands to the Lord. We are calling out to the Lord. We are calling out to the Lord, saying, God, if this is me that you're talking to today, I want to be responsive. I want to be ready for what you want to do, oh God. Use me, oh God. Use me. Use me for the extension of your glory. Use me for the extension of your kingdom. But Lord, I want to make my heart right before you. What all that's coming, you've already told us. 
But God, I want to be ready for you. I want to pray for myself, oh God. I pray, oh God, that you will help me, oh Lord. Let me have your mind. Come on, church. Can we begin to hear some voices going out in prayer? Let's begin to lift up our voices in prayer. And if you do not know what to say, just say, oh, oh. Call out to the Lord while you can. Call out to the Lord while he's near, while he still can be found of you. Why? Because there's calamities that is coming upon this earth. But I'm not fearful of it. I'm not. The church is, as I said, it is our greatest hour. So God, you come and you do your great work. You fulfill your great desires in us. Like how you prepared Moses. Like how you prepared Joseph, oh God. You prepare me and my house. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to take this a step higher. If you feel that you want to be ready for the call of God, I'm asking you to come out to the place of the altar in the front. Just come out in front. And our altar workers are ready to pray with you. And we're going to pray that God has His fulfillment in your life. Come on, come on. If you feel that you're the one, that you want to be used of God, greatly used of God, this is is your day. Business is not normal anymore. Business was not normal anymore. It quit a long time ago as normal. I'll tell you right now, you and I, we are ready. We are ready. There's a call in my heart. There's a call in my heart. God, I want to answer this call. I want to answer this call, oh God. Come on. The altars are open. Come on. Hallelujah. Our musicians and our singers are going to sing shortly. In fact, could I call for the altar workers to come out? And if you see someone right now that are on their own, just go to them and stand with them. Stand in front of them. Introduce yourself to them. Let them know who you are. And before you begin to pray with them, get to know them. And let's begin to pray. And when we begin to pray, pray them through the Holy Ghost. And if you're sitting here today, standing here today, and if you haven't gotten into the waters of baptism, this is not about church membership. Baptism was never about church membership. It is for the remission of sins. It is preparation. So if you go into the waters in Jesus' name, you're getting your sins washed away. A holy God, the Holy Spirit would be able to come and reside in you. And that's what we need. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost in these last days. God heard you in your repentance a few moments ago. You're coming out right now, hands lifted up, saying, God, I'm here. I'm here. Use me and my family.